This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. A lot of four-letter words that uh, would not be suitable for broadcast in the press room right now. The people in the press shop, uh, and Kareem Jean-Pierre was kind of alluding to this yesterday, they are being put in a tough spot by the president's personal attorneys and by the special counsel's office because Kareem Jean-Pierre said that she was not involved in the decision to wait and wait and wait to disclose these discoveries to the public. Fox, Pete Ducey over the weekend, obviously, on the telephone. Fox, you know, they're cutting back. Hey, let's do live camera hits. Just made this do this stuff over the phone now. Fox is Pete Ducey, and I think that's some pretty interesting revelations. Corinne Jean-Pierre and what they're having to do anyway, that's a difficult position in the first place. I don't care who the president is, who it is, what's going on. That's a difficult job. But I think he hits it right on the money. Watching the press conferences last week, you could see it in her face. It was the look of, I, you know, I don't want to be here. I'm mad that I'm here. I'm mad that I'm having to explain this. I mean, it, it was written all over her face. And you know when somebody has done something that like, for example, your kids or your spouse... And you know your spouse is in the wrong, but you back them anyways because they're your spouse. You back them. As uncomfortable as it is, she's backing Joe because it's her boss. You're right. Her facial expression is like... Like we see Howsworth. He gets that way from time to time. time. Well, and I think even in your place of employment, say you have a disagreement with a coworker or your boss about the way to do things, and later it turns out, you know, and you're kind of like, you know, so maybe she maybe she knew about it. Maybe she said, you know, earlier, hey, this we should just be transparent. And now, you know, she, she wants to say, I told you so. Mm-hmm. You know, she really wants to say, I told you so, but she can't. And I think we've all been in that situation where you're just having to hold your tongue but still perform your job. And, yeah, it's a tough spot. That's, uh, you sit there with your legs crossed and your hands folded on your knees and you just smile and you sit there and you just wait. You go, okay, <laughs> okay, and you just wait because you know it's coming. We knew this was coming. Some more classified documents found over the weekend from the guys. You know, I take this stuff very seriously, so seriously that when I pack the stuff in my garage, I at least lock the door. I locked the door, so don't be so hard on me. Uh, Marsh, your reaction when you heard over the weekend another batch of classified documents from the guy who, by the way, he is the sitting president of the United States of America. They keep talking about these differences. I wish they would be more accurate and say this is a huge, huge difference to whatever's happened to any other president or uh, past president, former president in history, this is a current sitting president of the United States of America. I was surprised that uh, the sitting president didn't say, well, Brock said it was okay if I took him home. <laughs> <laughs> I was just stunned like, uh. But now we've heard, as a matter of fact, we've even had people call into the show here at 874-9397. I think the Dems are going after Joe. They know uh, how bad it is. And here's why they know it's bad. They're looking at the facts. They're looking at uh, inflation, the cost of groceries, gasoline, eggs. They're looking at the 13 young men and women he killed because of the sloppy pullout in Afghanistan. They're looking now at these lies and the fact that he's got these, he's, these documents. So they're looking at all of these facts and they are adding them up they are adding in like hey there is the the border is a disaster they're adding up all of these facts the dems are and they're going man uh we gotta do something different which is a scary proposition because guess who's next in line Uh (laughs) uh-huh 
you can see the collective in the room. But I'm starting after watching a lot of the shows over the weekend with some of these talking heads, Democrat. I'm going to present a couple of uh, uh, exhibits, Your Honor, I think that would back up the argument that, yeah, the Dems are going after Joe. The Dems are going after Joe. First up, Representative Ilhan Omar uh, talking about a special counsel. And I get, I understand this before I, but before we play this. Yeah, you got to say, yep, it's appropriate. Let the, the chips fall where they may. We'll go and find the facts. But some of these lawmakers, they sound, they sound almost to me like they're frothing at the mouth. Yes, let's investigate Joe. This is Representative Ilhan Omar. Well, one, I'm glad that there is a special prosecutor that's been appointed to you investigate. You are glad that there is a special yes, prosecutor. Tell me because why. Any- By the way, t- context, because you can hear the person interviewing. Why are you glad? Uh, who is the host, by the way? I'd be curious. It's MSNBC. Okay. okay. Anytime <laughs> there is a deviance uh, in regards to security protocols that should be taken serious, it should be investigated. What I find interesting is that Republicans who have defended Trump. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Everybody, all the Democrats without fail this weekend. But Trump. Well, but Trump was not a sitting president. Think about the magnitude of that, really. And if I'm overselling it, tell me. Joe Biden is the sitting president of the United States of America with documents in more than one location. That's pretty serious. So that's Ilhan Omar. Does it sound like she's, I think she's like, yeah, I'm for, well, whatever happens. So it's going to happen to Joe. She's not the only one this weekend. Uh, the Democrat congressman from California, uh, Adam Schifferbrain, same thing. Uh, I do think it's the right move. Uh, the attorney general has to make sure that not only is justice evenly applied, but the appearances of justice are also uh, uh, satisfactory to the public. And here, uh, I still would like to see Congress do its own assessment of uh, and receive an assessment from the intelligence community of whether there was an exposure to others of these documents, whether there was harm to national security. So he's, Adam Schiff is saying, and who else, by the way, has seen those documents? Okay, we have found them, several locations, numerous pieces of documents, but who else has seen those? Adam Schiff, I think, asking a really good question there. Like, hey, so those are my two exhibits, Your Honor, that, yeah, maybe the Dems going after Joe. Oh, I think they are. I think they are. But I also think, you know, they've been called out so many times for being hypocrites and they realize in this situation, they really, there really isn't a difference. And so if they did, you know, if they hired a special counsel and they called for an investigation into Trump over the documents, then in order to be consistent, which most of the times they aren't. Right. But they're they're thinking, hey, we've got to do the same thing here. And I think we need to be really careful and call ourselves out when we feel when we aren't being consistent. And I think that showdown is probably coming later this week uh, with uh, hitting uh, with the debt. Um, And they're saying, hey, we need to raise the debt ceiling. Republicans are like, oh, no, we're not going to do it. But during the Trump administration, all the Republicans voted to, you know, keep spending. And so I think, you know, in situations where. Uh, where there could be some inconsistency. We shouldn't let ourselves get outflanked by the Democrats who are now being consistent on an issue, it seems like, uh, and, and let ourselves get crossways later this week and get called out for it. And then let's say Kamala does become president prior to 2024. And let's say she gets really ill. The COVID kills her or something. Then who becomes president? Kevin McCarthy? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show. Wake up in Missouri. There is Stephanie Bell. Good morning. Mr. Brian Howlsworth is good here. to see you. Good, welcome back. Glad you're back. We Thank missed you, uh, we, we missed you over the Thank past you, couple sir. of days. John Marsh doing yeoman's work, he uh, was. handling everything like you do when he's gone. And the that snow that came out of nowhere <laughs> uh, crazy. That, was, uh, that was not that, w- that was supposed to be a dusting, by the way. <laughs> and uh, of course, in in again, we're not being critical. We talk about this sometimes. And again, we go by what the weather service says, but it just it really was not even supposed to go that far. Yeah, and we laugh internally because you know, you're always trying to use good judgment. Hey, here's the information. Be careful. And hey, here's what public officials are. And that's our job to relay information from those from public officials, emergency management that's officials, right. relay it to you. Doesn't mean you have to do it. And so we'd had some behind the scenes stuff with that. And then and then so this we don't say anything hardly. And boom, that bit is in the big old rear end. There's producer Hannah. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> uh, John Marsh is here. Yes, sir. Uh, Chiefs, we know who the Chiefs are. By the way, did anybody by chance, sometimes I watch football, I don't care about the teams involved, kind of caring now because you want to see who potentially sure. the Chiefs could uh, could face. I'm watching the, uh, uh, what was it, Jacksonville, uh, the Jacksonville-LA Charger game. Yes. I can't believe I watched the whole thing, and I am glad I did. What an incredible game. It was a bond burner. Wow. Just uh, 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 Trevor uh, Lawrence, four interceptions in the first half three mm-hmm. by the same guy and then the other turnover when a kickoff hits a dude on the helmet um does did anybody does, does trevor lawrence wear a weave no he's his hair is just very <laughs> oh, long his hair, his hair is very long well, yeah. here's the re- brandon's asking because he's interested in purchasing why, like if there's a why they make these weaves why can't we make a toupee uh, uh for us dudes or a piece that doesn't look like a toupee or a hair piece but here's why i know trevor he's got beautiful hair but like when he was on the sideline one time as he's taking care of yeah. it flip i'm like there's a line of like what looks to be another set of hair below that. And I don't care. Maybe he's got health issues or something. Not I just never like heard that. of it. I don't know. throw shade on weaves. Yeah, I know. I'm not. I'm just asking the question. <laughs> I've never, because I've never seen it. And they are getting really uh, a lot better with like the glue on fake hair. Really and, good. And yeah. one thing about him too, it, it Clemson, he <laughs> Till just Till a 500 pound linebacker gets old. Well, that's, <laughs> that's true. But at Clemson, he had an amazing career and um, and, and he, he got down a few times. I don't remember a 27 point comeback. That was amazing in the game-winning kick for Riley Patterson, Edwardsville, Illinois. So, I mean, some local guys, but Chiefs, I mean, obviously that's a Saturday afternoon game, a 3.30 start on NBC. Chiefs will be a favorite, but boy, Jacksonville's coming in with some momentum. That's that's a little concerning. So, uh, so Marsh, uh, it's going to be the Chiefs and the Jaguars. That's it. Saturday. How are you liking our chances? Oh, we, we got their number. Uh, and here's what I'm thinking, too, and this is exciting for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, what is it also going to be? Is going to be the uh, Bengals and Bills, uh, I think, in the next round. DeMar Hamlin, apparently in attendance at yesterday's game, he was the guy who, in effect, uh, suffered cardiac arrest on that field Monday night football a couple of weeks ago. He was at the game uh, last night. So the Bengals and Buffalo Bills, they get to rematch in. And again, John, and I'm guilty of this too, but John and I continue to work on the assumption that it is going to be the Bills and the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. If that happens, then the game is going to be in Atlanta. 
Uh, but if for some reason the Bills don't make it to the AFC Championship game, even better for residents of Missouri because that game, you've got 80,000-plus people all milling around downtown Kansas City, Missouri, the, 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 the money and all that. Small thing, but it definitely helps. Uh, my name is Brandon Rather. Welcome to the show, 874-9390. By the way, there's a, a young lady by the name of Jess Piper. She ran for office in Missouri unsuccessfully. She is becoming known as the Dirt Road Democrat. Uh, she's getting a lot of, uh, getting a lot of coverage here in, uh, in Missouri. She's joining us at 635. So it's a take from Missourian. Uh, hey, do you think the Dems are out to get Joe? She's going to be joining us 635 this morning here on Wake Up Mid Missouri Daily DC Rundown. Just minutes from now. What do you have for us, Steph? This is Wake Up Mid Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Federal immigration law bars a federal court of appeals from reviewing an immigrant's claim. So that's one of the things happening at SCOTUS this week. But what are some things coming down the pipeline? We turn it over to Stephanie Bell with today's Daily D.C. Rundown. The Supreme Court on Friday added eight new cases to the docket. Many of these cases are expected to be argued in April. Uh, one involves um, a postal worker. His name's Gerald Groff. And he and essentially it uh, challenges this federal civil rights law that says um, employees' religious practices have to be accommodated unless the employer can demonstrate doing so is an undue hardship. So he's a postal worker. He lives in Pennsylvania. He's got some religious beliefs and he said, hey, I got to be off on Sundays. That's my religious practice. And at first they were able to accommodate him. Uh, later, they were not. And so uh, that case is headed to the Supreme Court. So the Postal Service is saying, hey, you have your beliefs and we respect that and we have been able to accommodate you for a long time. Your religious beliefs that you can't work on Sundays even though you have. You've been able to help us out a little bit. Post office is saying, but we have needs too, and if you cannot fulfill those needs, we've got to do something else. Yeah, it's an undue burden on the Postal Service, so where do you draw that line? That case is headed to the Supreme Court. This one, too, uh, a 94-year-old Minnesota woman fell behind on her property taxes, and her home got confiscated by local authorities. The county sold her home for $40,000 as payment for a $15,000 property tax bill, and they kept all the money, too. Jeez. So that is being challenged as uh, violating two separate constitutional provisions, barring excessive fines and taking property without fair payment. What if we change instead of a 95-year-old woman, we said it was a 38-year-old married couple. Do we react a little differently? It's really sad that it was a 94-year-old woman. And a lot of times these cases get teed up in a way that uh, tell a, a very good story. Um, about all of the additional documents, uh, Representative James Comer says, we have a lot of questions. <laughs> uh, I think... <laughs> Huh. A lot of people have a lot of questions um, how there have been so many documents, why it took them so long to tell us about the documents. Are there any other documents? Uh, why the documents were in the garage? There are just so many questions. Um, what we do know is over the weekend there were uh, there was like the one document and then now there's five additional pages. And you asked before, every time they say documents, do they mean like multiple page documents or pages? They are being very specific in this last tranche of documents saying there was one page and now five additional page. Either way, it spells bad news for Biden. And as the audio you already played this morning, it seems like the Democrats are out to get him. And the other thing I'm wondering, because I do, listen, uh, not that I do whataboutism, but when the Trump thing came out, I don't recall them mentioning, yeah, but in this document, there were only two pages in this. 
And they're doing that. That's how the national news outlets are doing it. My God, they're covering their tracks, or at least trying to. Yeah, six, five or six pages sounds way better than five or six documents. Uh, what was Biden up to? Uh, he was the first sitting president to deliver a Sunday morning sermon at King Ebenezer Baptist Church. And he was, uh, you know, today's Martin Luther King Day. He uh, used uh, some MLK quotes in his speech uh, talking about, and specifically he said, where do we go from here? Um, he did say... Uh, Basically, at our best, America wins. We're, fall- we're fallible. We fail and fall. And I'm like, is he talking about himself over the last week or just in general? It's kind of that preemptive, man, I messed up and I know it. And so I'm going to really soften the landing on that. That's your daily DC rundown coming up. up. Live out the true meaning of its creed. Martin Luther King, the uh, the famous I Have a Dream speech. A lot of businesses, a lot of office uh, places, schools, banks closed today in observance of Martin Luther King Day. Did uh, did some incredible work over the years to uh, ensure civil rights for all. Welcome to the show. It's Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I'm Brandon Rathard. Stephanie Bell is here. Brian Houseworth is here. Producer Hannah is here. John Marsh is here. Uh, you can be here, too. 874-9390. Uh, who's not here? Uh, and I was really excited about this. Now, did you confirm that you told this person the correct time? Let me. That's a good point. That's a fair question. Let me double check. Uh, the reason I was excited about uh, uh, this person is uh, she's she's getting a lot of plays, getting a lot of buzz. Probably one of the most talked about people when it comes to Missouri politics. Uh, Jess Piper, what do you know about uh, uh, Jess Piper? Well, she lost her election really badly. I mean, she, but she raised a lot of money and has a lot of popularity on social media. So um, she's kind of, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess she's not a star, I guess. But a lot of people were saying, hey, she's she's raising all this money. She's got a lot of gra- grassroots support. Unfortunately, it didn't seem like maybe that grassroots support was in her district necessarily. Um, but I think, you know, what we've talked about is the Democrats don't have a very deep bench. They don't have, you know, a whole bunch of stars. Um, they don't have a bunch of people that are raising that kind of money or that popular on Twitter. Um, and so she was kind of a standout in the last cycle, even though, you know, it didn't ultimately translate into a bunch of votes. She reps an area in northwest Missouri, pretty conservative, but it's Jess Piper. She calls yeah. herself the Dirt Road Democrat. Yeah, very interesting, and I know you've been on the um, um, Scott uh, Fawn's television show with her and certainly has a big following. The issue that she and many other rural Democrats face is just the strength of the Republican Party in rural areas. She lost that race by about 50 points. Uh, that house race. Now, keep in mind that is a very red district. Going back um, when I worked in Carrollton, Sam Graves represented that very district. It's in my my lifetime, I don't recall a Democrat ever representing it. So she was facing an uphill battle anyway uh, in that race. But I do think that uh, Democrats have looked to her to see maybe if she could be a, a candidate down the line in another position. We will uh, we will see. But for the Democrats to break the supermajority of Republicans, they've got to be able to be more competitive in the um, in the rural areas. Now, what the Democrats have been more successful in some of these suburban areas, they've they've done better. But in the rural areas, they have not. Uh, so had a, had met her and said, hey, Jess, um, you know, we like to get all points of view, even those we disagree with. Uh, I think it's reasonable to hear from other people and have those conversations. 
One of my favorite guests over the years has been Claire McCaskill. So I told this Jess Piper, invited mm-hmm. her on, said, hey, we'd love to get your take. Missourians' point of view, do you think Dems are intentionally sinking, sinking Joe? Are they the ones saying, hey, listen, are they planting those documents? Or are they ones just bringing attention to folks? Hey, you need to go and look for those documents. We know we, we have them. I said, uh, would you want to come on and talk about that? Because we've been looking for a reasonable way to have her here on this uh, show. So, yes, to Hannah's point, 635, Monday. And then I uh, told her, hey, we don't do sucker punch radio. We don't do gotcha radio. If we're going to sucker punch you, we will tell you first. Because obviously, as a Democrat, she had some hesitancy coming on to wake up mid-Missouri on 93.9 The Eagle and 104.5 News Radio, uh, 950 KWLS. I'm like, hey, that's not what we do. We, we just don't. Now, if you say something that's inaccurate, we might call you on it. And then she talked about another interview she did on a... It was in KCMO. Yeah. yeah. On yeah a, she, uh, she and the host, uh, the she felt like the host was unfair. Yeah. Now, just confirming, this is Monday the 16th. That you told her. <laughs> Let right? me double check again. <laughs> Hannah's my conscious. <laughs> Anytime yeah. I want, hey, Hannah, should I? And if I have to ask, hey, Hannah, should I? Usually the answer is. Uh, you probably shouldn't. No. Uh, did I, yeah, Monday the 16th. And I, mean, I even said, I'm like, hey, Claire McCaskill would come on all the time. David Tyson Smith has been on the show. John Rizzo has been on the show. You know, my favorite time that you messed up telling a guest when to be here was when you, five minutes before, said, I haven't done that in a long time. And then our next guest on the show that morning, you had told them the wrong time. Whoops. Whoops. Well, and certainly um, certainly, she'd always be welcome. So um, I want to make one point, Brandon. I was out two days taking care of my mom, um, and we had one call about the mountain lion story. I just want to say something very quick about gentleman called from Warrington, left John Marsh and I a voicemail. He claims there's a mountain lion in Warrington, and we've had him over the years. And he he thought we had said on air that mountain lions are more afraid of humans and vice versa. He really took exception to that. But I want to point out, if he's listening, it wasn't us. That was Mr. Deerhoff, the conservation agents that said that. Mm-hmm. We quoted him on that. And that, and when a conservation agent says that, we reported well, it. And it's true. Most wildlife is, listen, well, and you hear is, stories, you hear stories to our friend in, in Warrenton. I get it. Sure. But you hear stories in L.A. that sometimes people get attacked. By and large, most wild animals, they are far more if they if they weren't afraid of us guess what they'd be, be next door neighbors as there are them yeah yeah they'd be living in stephanie's neighborhood in ashland if they weren't afraid of human beings they absolutely sure. more afraid Thank i you. don't know i'd be pretty afraid of a mountain lion <laughs> are we measuring how much fear or just the idea of fear in general That's uh, good point uh 874-9390 874-9390 shooting over the weekend uh jefferson city yesterday during the day we heard shots fired we were like oh my goodness i was close so we called it in um and then we came out to look and uh it ended up being our neighbors and it's been quite a bit of a shock for us because i mean we've grown to love them a lot so a witness you apparently uh knew whoever was involved what can you tell us about this this morning john Victim is dead and the shooter is in custody, and they're not saying much more. It was uh, Saturday afternoon, no less. Police were called out in Jefferson City, the intersection of Broadway and Atchison, after neighbors heard gunshots. They found the 27-year-old victim with gunshot wounds were unable to resuscitate him, and they caught a suspect, but who is now in the Cole County Jail, not releasing any names or further details. Is there is there any 
reason why? I mean, I saw a lot of frustration yesterday about that, about why more information isn't coming out. Are they saying that it's that it's the folks involved or that it was the weekend? I mean, it just seems it seems like this is different than other issues we've had before. Yeah, that's that's what the press release contained from Lieutenant Dave Williams with JCPD. So I guess we'll just leave it at that for now as uh, presumably we'll hear from the prosecutor's office reference uh, reference charges on this sooner than later. And what do we know? Like, so I'm trying Broadway and Atchison. Is this like, are we talking about that area? Let me put it this way. I'm trying to be polite. Is that an area we talk about a lot when it comes to our news coverage? No, not not really. You know, I mean, you know, trying to use the term the hood or something Mm -hmm. like that. No, this is, you know, Broadway and Atchison. Yeah, because there's not that far away. You know, more or less what they call the south side of Jefferson City. All right. Well, thank you for that. Because there's, uh, as a matter of fact, right now, because there's parts of pretty much everywhere you go, no matter what city, um, you go to uh, cities across America and they have that part of uh, town. As a matter of fact, right now, ABC 17 uh, covering a story. Somebody earlier this morning drove through a, a liquor store uh, up uh, north of 63, east of I-70. And that's, for an example, an area, uh, and it says nothing. If we go by facts, we look at the number of and types of crimes that happens in those neighborhoods. That area, for example, north of 70, east of 63 in Columbia, that's a hot spot. As a matter of fact, ABC 17, saying, yeah, cars crashed through a liquor store, stole about $400 in cash and merchandise. Merchandise you could get from a liquor store might be better, might be worth more than that. Hopefully, nobody was hurt in that. Something we will keep you updated on. Did you see? I have to laugh at myself. I kind of don't feel so bad now. I got duped <laughs> by because, and here's the reason I really laugh at myself. I'm really big on, um, yeah, be careful of the headlines, read the story. It's something I'm, I'm very proactive about. And I got duped the other day by a, a headline from the St. Louis Post Dispatch. Yeah, you, uh, you got duped real good. Yeah. And, uh, but everybody keeps doing it. Yeah, keep, you weren't the only one. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm stunned. Um, this dress code debate distraction, as you might want to call it, got national play over the weekend. MSNBC, I think I saw it on CNN. It was absolutely on Fox. I mean, this is just crazy. Yeah, the Washington Post put out an Instagram post, and it said, In Missouri State House, female lawmakers must now keep their arms covered. It's been the rule been the late. whole time. You have to wear a blazer. And it, the, the rules were actually relaxed. And that's what was proposed was, hey, like, can't we wear, like, a cardigan or a knit blazer instead of just, like, a suit jacket? And people were like, you know what? It's 2023. Yeah, let's relax the rules a bit. But no, they're putting this stuff out like now they must cover their arms. And then, you know, the Democrats, the Missouri Democrats were having a heyday being like, "Ooh, I'm bearing my arms and like, you know, making this huge thing. And of course, they jumped to get on the national media about it and, and, and perpetuate the misconceptions about what actually occurred. And so, yeah. Uh, State Rep. Sheree Tolson Rice, who is a, a, a female in the House. I wonder how she's affected by the new dress code. She's here at 710 this morning. I also talk about... Guess what? You can't wear your flip-flops either. Do you feel (laughs) sad? No bare feet. Thank goodness. I even saw like national news outlets posting about this on TikTok. Yeah. It was crazy. It was everywhere. And incidentally, is it in the rules no flip-flops? 
Yes. Probably. I think, I think so. Oh, if you can't show your shoulders, I can't imagine you can show your dogs. We don't want to see a woman's shoulder because I just can't handle it. But a dude's toes, that's okay. Uh, so maybe we will cover the dress code and sports bet. Legalized, legalized sports betting in the state of Missouri. State Rep. Cherie tells Rice she's going to be joining us uh, coming up. Uh, 710 here on uh, Wake Up Mid-Missouri 93.9 The Eagle and 104.5 News Radio 950 KW. U-O-S. You know, I think back to that uh, the tornado coming up May. What would that be? Four years ago, John? This May? 2019. 2019. So it'll be four years ago. And the role that storm spotters had in helping us, Zimmer specifically, is we did coverage for 12 hours nonstop prior to the actual tornado hitting uh, and all that. So I'm wondering about the, the importance that storm spotters have. And the reason I bring that up, there is some storm spotter training happening in one mid-Missouri community. We're gonna They're going to join us next to talk about storm spotter training. We're going to do that like five minutes from now. Stephanie's got an up. The rain picked up and it does sound like a freight train. It really does. And it felt like an earthquake. So that was from our tornado coverage, tornado, May of 2019. We saw what it did there. That was one of the folks who called in during Zimmer's coverage of that tornado that uh, really is kind of an apex point, at least in the recent history of uh, mid-Missouri. And that, stu- that stuff, uh, it- it's important. And you know who's really uh, beneficial, who can be indispensable in situations like that. It's not just your local radio station, and it's not just uh, uh, emergency personnel. It's storm spotters. It's people, in effect, that uh, are out in the field um, who are, are, are trained to spot these things. And there's some training that's going to be coming up in Boone County. And eventually we're going to be joined by the uh, uh, Boone County Office of Emergency Management. <sighs> Two in a row, huh? So yeah. maybe something's wrong with our phones. No. So Maybe the no. tornado got it. Jess Piper, uh, Dirt Road Democrat, was going to be here at 635. Uh, no answer there. And then we were going to be chatting with uh, with uh, Hannah Wishern. And she's with uh, emergency uh, management in Boone County. And she was supposed to be on at this time. So we're calling and there's nothing going on there. So the first thing we do, Hannah, whenever this happens, punt. <laughs> <laughs> I have an answer to your previously asked question. Oh, flip-flops in the house? Yes. All right. Well, you do that while I make sure I've got my (laughs) seats right on Hannah Wisher here. It's not only that women must cover their arms, which actually isn't in the rule, but the rule says uh, when the house is seated, proper attire for gentlemen, I don't know if that applies to you or not, Brandon, (laughs) shall be business attire, including coat, tie, dress trousers, and dress shoes or boots. So, I don't think we would put flip-flops in the dress, shoes, or boots. But interestingly enough, I guess you can wear, and I've seen people wear their cowboy boots on the floor. But what if I wear my nice flip-flops? Yeah, like (laughs) bedazzle your flip-flops? I don't think that's going to count. I think they're going to tell you you got to put on real shoes. I will say, though, I do want to give points to our good friend Elon Musk. um, Because it was so bad, Brandon. People were getting duped so bad that Twitter was, like, flagging the Missouri Democrats' tweets. So Representative Peter Meredith tweeted out, debating the House rules on the floor today, and the First Amendment offered by a Republican is about making stricter the rules of what women have to wear in here. That tweet shows up on my Twitter feed, and it's got a little flag from Twitter, and it says, and this is one of your favorite words, it says, hey, 
we've got some context we need to provide here. And what it says is missing important context, colon, the rules change uh, the rules changed by Missouri legislators actually relax dress code requirements for women by allowing cardigans to be counted as blazers and then put a link. And so I wonder how many, you know, if you tweeted a lot of your stuff, I wonder how many of it, how much of it would be flagged because you like to uh, leave some context out occasionally. <laughs> when it benefits um, me. But I've never really seen that from Twitter and I've certainly not seen it in relation to a Missouri political story. So good on them. All right. Our guest right now, Hannah uh, Wishern. She is with the Boone County Office of Emergency uh, Man- Management. Uh, Hannah, we were supposed to have you on a minute ago, but I seriously, so there's two guests that we've tried calling this morning uh, that uh, aren't there and you were one of them. We did have I do have, I'm looking at our text history, uh, January 16th at this time, correct? Yeah. All right, cool. So it wasn't me. <laughs> I, something, something's wrong with our phones. That's, yeah, I was uh, wondering. I almost texted you, so I'm glad you yeah. texted me. All right, so maybe the phones maybe, need... Maybe forgot. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, can, can we do this since we're running out of time now since we've been trying to get a hold of you? 